We're doing two verse, verses 14 and 15. Um, before we read, though, we'll do our, our declaration. You found it? Amen. So grab your Bibles up. Um, and let's do our declaration. This is God's word. Now, Pastor Ray's word. I am what he says I am. I can do what he says I can do. I can be what he says I can be. I will have what he says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are opened. And I better not go to sleep. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. So it's two verses, and let's read them together. Verse 14 and 15 from Luke chapter 16. One, two, three, read. Amen. My version says, The Pharisees who dearly loved their money heard all this and scoffed at him. Then he said, You like to appear righteous in public, but God knows your heart. What the world honors is detestable in the sight of God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this time, this, even this opportunity, Lord God, to, to look into your scriptures. I am just the, the vessel this morning, God, that I pray that you will speak through me to your people, cause the, the word to go forward with, with clarity and understanding that it will be clear to those who hear. May we not just hear the word, God, but as we leave, we'll do and apply what we hear. So have you in this session, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, so keeping with the Matters of the Heart series that Pastor Omar has been doing, I, I want to use for title this morning, God Knows Our Hearts. God Knows Our Hearts. Some years ago, uh, they used to have a conference in Montego Bay Every, every, I think it was Ash Wednesday, that midterm break from school. And most years, Dr. Monroe, Dr. Miles Monroe, the late Dr. Miles Monroe, was the, was the keynote speaker. In one of the sessions, he said, he believed that God can bless you wherever you are. Now, usually, uh, they seat all ministers together at, at the conference. So, in, in the seat, this, the setting, a bishop was sitting close to where I was. And the bishop said, Because you don't know about Jamaica. So I believe the bishop scoffed at what Miles Monroe said. Because he thought and publicly said that based on what Dr. Miles said, that God can bless you wherever you are, he's saying that Dr. Miles don't understand how Jamaica goes. In essence, he was saying that God can't bless you in Jamaica. But, but truth is, oftentimes, we scoff at what preachers say. Because some things are just kind of not so easy to believe when the preachers say it. In the text I read, Jesus was talking about money. He shared a parable about that servant who, when the master called him, said, give accounts. He called in this, the debtors and said, you cut off this. And he gave some discounts and he collected some money. And Jesus commended him for being a shrewd uh, servant. And then he spoke just before the, the, the two verses I read about you can't serve both God and money. Hence, the verse starts, the Pharisees who dearly loved their money heard all this and scoffed at him. He said to them, 
You like to appear righteous in public, but God knows your heart. I want us to look at that part this morning as our focus point. God knows our hearts. So scoffing at what is said is because of the condition of our heart. We may not agree because our heart, our level of heart maturity might not be at that level as yet. So some things are just, no, sir, that not not work. So we believe that some things are impossible. I heard a preacher said one time that he was passing through an airport and a gentleman in a wheelchair was begging money to do surgery for stage 4 cancer. And him said, you want me to pray for you? And the man said, no, Virgin, give me the money. This is stage 4 cancer we're talking about. So in his head, stage 4 reached too far for prior start out. Make we go do the surgery. But, but that is basically where the heart works. We have limits. We put them on as to what we believe God can take care of. And so we won't believe God for some things. We won't even ask him for some things because in our hearts, that's that not possible. That just reached too far. You know, with no sense of bother God about that the one day. He used the Pharisees. And I remember some, some weeks ago I did this thing on my, my WhatsApp status to say be careful of Pharisees because if you check the Bible, everywhere Jesus showed up, Pharisees were there. So they were always following him. But, but they were just looking for some reason to fault him for something. So, so don't, don't, don't be a, a, a Pharisee, right? Jesus was speaking to men and these Pharisees who lived double lives. So he said, outwardly, they sought the public's approval. They made a point of following all the religious rules, work hard to impress people so that they would appear to be godly and wise. But God knew their hearts. He saw through their phony, pious display to what was really on the inside. Is it, is it frightening then that God knows our heart? Here are some things he said to the Pharisees. Matthew 23 verse uh, 5 to 7. He said, but all their works they do do, but all their works they do to be seen by men. They make, mis- they make their, and this word is P-H-Y L-A-C-T-E-R-I-E-S. I think he might pronounce for lactaries. It, it was a, a thing they had on them going that they put Bible verses in. So they walk, walked up and down with written scriptures up and down with them. But they made theirs broad. The Pharisees, theirs were broad because you must know, said, these people have the word walking with. Alright? They enlarged the borders of their garments. They loved Love the best places of feast at, at feast, the best seats in the synagogues, greetings in the markets, and to be called by men, Rabbi, Rabbi. So the Pharisees had this like for the public. As long as I am acknowledged, as long as I am recognized, then, then wonderful, I'm doing well. So that was their focus. But we must be careful not to simply honor God with our lips while we live like the world because our hearts are far from him. And we find this in Matthew fifteen seventy-eight, where he said, Hypocrites, where did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Is, is a position that we as humans, we don't know. So we, we come to church, we pass, we greet, praise the Lord, brother, praise the Lord, sister. But we don't know. 
We don't know. And you might have the church greeting and you might even have them, them church shake and rock and everything set. And so nobody really knows if you are in or not. Because everybody dress up nice, come to church. But God knows our hearts. So while we, you see, look at it from two sides. We, we can be genuinely trying to get better. Because I'm not one of people who tell you that we're perfect. I, I mean, I know I am far from perfection. Can't talk to you, but talk to myself. So, but, but there is a desire to get better as you grow. There's a desire to change. There's a desire to grow closer to God. Do we all want that? But, but then there are some people who want to stay where they are, but make me and you think, say, them changing. So there's an outside, a show, like the Pharisees, but inside, Jesus tell them, like white was sepulchre. The, the grave, outside well painted and nice, but inside full of dry dead bones. That's, that's the, the challenge because we don't know what is on the inside, but God knows. And the Pharisees proved that the appearances can be deceiving. The actions were inconsistent with who they really were in their hearts. So in the Bible, when we talk about heart, it is considered to be the seat of life and strength. It is the primary source of such bad behavior as adultery, hatred, lust, mischief, pride, rebellion, as well as such natural or good behavior as desire, uh, doubt, fear, gladness, love, obedience, and sorrow. All these things come from our heart. The heart is the organ that is said to have the ability to reason, to question, to meditate, motivate, and to think. God is described as being able to know, to search, to enlighten, to open, to examine, to strengthen, and to establish one's heart, which can be clean, contrite, perfect, pure, or wise heart. So, so our hearts can be classified at different stages. It, it, it has good and bad in there. And the one that is more dominant is going to be what is classified or what you, you, you're categorized under. A good heart or a bad heart based on what is coming out. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And out of the heart flows the issues of life. So what comes out will determine if it's good or bad. Amen? But, but like I say, we have become skilled. So some of us know how to put the good when public the boat or when church people the boat. But then we really trying just to show that we are right. All right? The word know is defined by the Oxford Dictionary as to, to be aware through observation, inquiry, or information. Second definition is to have developed a relationship with someone through meeting and spending time with them. So, so these definitions qualify God to know our heart. I mean, he make the heart, right? So, so there's no generalship that we can use if we make God not know where I go on. Amen? So, so here's the the good side. It is a blessing to be known by God. He knows the intimate details of how we think and how we feel. He understands things about us that no one else understands. The dreams that we've buried in our hearts. The hurts we've experienced. The, the shame, the, the embarrassment, those bad stuff. He knows all down there. Uh, the, the abuse that, that, that we've gone through, that we are afraid to open up about, he knows. 
And he wants to heal our hearts. But do you know that if you don't want him to heal your heart, it won't get healed. So, so we can be hiding pain in our hearts, even from God. No, he knows. But remember, he is not going to force himself into fixing it for us. We must invite him in to deal with the issues. But suppose I tell you that regardless of how bad our heart is, it doesn't change how much he loves us. Like I say, I, I never born a church. I, I spend one whole heap of time around from church doing everything else. And so, to know that with all the things I've done, it didn't change how much love him had for me. Man, that, 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 that nice. That is, you see, you see, Bishop Jake said, some people get saved from chewing bubblegum in church. So you don't really understand what it means to sin. You never go, no, you know, do nothing wrong. You just used to chewing, chew, chewing gum. And pastor said, don't chew chewing gum. So that is your sin. But, but there are some of us who did messy. They, they, they don't dare. And God pulled us out. And so we understand what it means to get saved. We, we, we understand where you know, Mary clear that him sing about where you just sink a spiral and go down there and go down and every day go look deeper. And then one day him pull you up. You, you, you often know say I far him take you from. When, when you understand where you are coming from then you know that, that the fact that him still love you is this big. And, and so, understanding that means, why would I want to hide my mess, even now, from a God who knew a long time, and still did save me? There's an there's a, there's a, there's a old song that says, this, this line just come back to mind, He knew me, yet he loved me. So, I don't know me saying I knew, so past tense. So, long, long before me start sin, in the moment I go do it. It's serious, not true. Before you think about it, in most say you don't think about it. As a matter of fact, before you're born, if they know exactly what you're coming, you can do. But 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 he loved us just the same. And even after we get saved, no one talk to me, look for me now, don't look to the left, no right, look for me. Even after we get saved, we still do some something. Well, we not, so not, no, because no. you don't want to look like a new one the summer after we get saved. But, but, but he still loves us. Paul said this in Romans 8. For I am persuaded neither death nor life, angels nor principalities nor powers, nor things present nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created things shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Is enough love that you know? Is is enough love? And I, and I think there's some verse that say we, we should understand the height and the depth of how God love is. Make me think. Sometimes we not get it. The, 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 the love, I think sometimes we don't understand how much him love we. Maybe just think sometimes we don't get it. We just think of that. We don't get it sometimes. We can't get it, right? God looks at the heart. He sees how we struggle. Our struggles might scare some people. But they don't scare God. In fact, he saw us in our brokenness. And instead of running away, he took a giant leap towards us and gave us the most incredible love-inspired gift he could. He gave us Jesus. 
Romans 5, 8 says, But God demonstrated his love towards us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. That's love. Amen? That, that is love. Why do you believe, though, that God checks our hearts? In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, the word says, The word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of our heart, or of the heart. So our heart reveal our motives and intentions. As much as we like to think life is about actions, the things we do, God is equally as interested in what drives our actions. He looks at the motives of our hearts for evidence of righteousness in our hearts. So, so why do we do what we do? What is the driving force? What is the motive for the things that we do? So like he said to Samuel, man look on outside. So if the suit not so sharp, man not going to say, mm-mm. You know, man look, say your ear not make it, and your shoes not make it. Man not going to tell you, say, I like your shirt. Man look outside. I like your shirt, I like your tie. And man, man sees externals. If we don't see it, we, don't, we can't say nothing. But God see past that. He is examining our hearts. And he's examined to get motive. Why do you do the things you do? What is the driving force? So our hearts, sorry, our motives, sorry, reveal who we are living for. And the things we care about. When God searches the heart, he can see the why behind our thoughts and choices. Hebrews tell us that he judges the intents of the heart. If the intent of our heart is to honor God, then God encourages us to continue in that direction. If the intention is misguided because of God's love, he corrects us and carries us on the right part. So we judge based on what we see. As I was saying to, to Okita this morning that at my school, because they just come to say this morning time for a pre me, right? So at my school, them boys see somebody that pre them and the next thing they say one fight broke. Because we are pre me for. <laughs> so we act based on what happens. Externals, yeah? Man just look on your Man step on your shoes and the wall broke. Man bounce you. You don't know if it's accident. You don't know if it's deliberate. You don't know. But you still want to do something about it. That's the young boy thing. Eh? But God checks, checks hard. Why did it happen? Because sometimes if you understand the why your actions will be different. Your, your decision will be different. How your, how your process it will be different. But because we don't sometimes stop to check for reason, we make decisions, we do things that, that just show us we external, just like them Pharisees people upstairs. So. so we judge based on what we can see, but our vision is limited to the actions. So while we come to conclusion based on actions and appearances, God searches the heart. Why do you believe, though, he searches? What is God looking for in our hearts? Now, it can't be to catch you doing something wrong. Because God didn't know a long time, so they're going to do it anyway. So it's not that he's searching to catch you off God. Now, that's not his intention. I, I, a matter of fact, don't see God as one in one that want to kill your lick. Wait, just want to catch you to do something, put, put on two straps. That, that's not it. What he's looking for 
is what you should be putting in there. The things that he wants to see going in that would cause us to be different. Cause us to be changing evidence of transformation and change. So let me list a couple of things for you that what God looks for when he searches our hearts. First one. He searches the heart for humility. Humility keeps us teachable. It is what allows us to receive direction and correction from God. It's humility that leads to repentance and inspires us to pray prayers like the one David prayed in Psalm 51. Creating me a clean heart, O God, renew a right spirit within me. Have you ever heard somebody say, and I mean Christian people say, a summitan, I mean not a change. Ever hear it? That sounds like somebody one little humility. Because that is di- directly saying to God, say, I saw you find me, and I saw me I go stay. That's not good, not true. It keeps us teachable. If you're not teachable, you're setting up yourself for trouble. I remember years ago, I put a quote, says, being opinionated makes it very hard for obedience. Even God would have a problem with you if you are very opinionated. What does that mean? The Bible says, do not kill. But you want to justify, so you're going to come ask, so what if I him first lick me? Uh, what if in trouble with children? Uh, suppose a rape and you're finding reason to justify you want to kill somebody. But God said, don't kill. And, and that used on way out one, not you. But we can't go for lie to. And you're going to find, but, but suppose if we not do it, my son, I go get take away. And you find all kind of reason to justify because you must have an opinion in the decision. That is hard where obedience is, is going to be concerned. Your opinion don't matter when God is in control. It, it shouldn't matter. And, and using Miles Manuel's reference um, again, he said, because we are accustomed to democracy, we always believe we have a say. I want to vote against that. Because that can't be right. But as God says so, I still want a vote. Still want a say. Because it's 2022 now, and that Bible right from how long, and it can't be the same thing today. Really? One pastor said, the Bible is to be believed, not understood. I know that went to the opinion, but I truth. You're not going to understand everything in there. The truth. If you read the Bible regular, there are some passages you read last year that look different this year. And you say, no, that one did it all this time. Because the more often you read it, the more revelations come. The closer you get to God, the closer he carries you to what some things are in the text. So it's not just a history book. So that is why, even though the book is old, it has some relevance to years when it come yet. Because it is one of them kind of transformational things here where every time you read it, you are seeing something different in how it could be applied. But, but it has to come from a place of humility. Second place, where place are going. God looks in our heart to see if he finds his word. Are we putting his word in? David did say, your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin. 
is, is the word going in. Because remember now, for us to be changed from what we used to be to what we're supposed to become, we have to be putting in God's word that is going to cause that heart change. And that is why we can't be opinionated because the word is going to trouble some stuff that we held on to before. Amen? The word is going to cause us to see some things different from we used to see them. It changes our thought patterns. So we have to get the word in. So God is going to be checking in our hearts to see how much word is in there. Can I tell you this? Your revelations or the revelations you get are limited to the amount of word you put in. Make sense? The revelations that God gives you, the individual, is going to be limited to the amount of God's word that you have. Now look for the preacher for nothing head, but the preacher now nothing head in Like you know, agreed with me now. But check it. God can't show you more than what you are taking in. Because you see, get myself in the mix up right now. If you get a revelation that contradicts scriptures, honor God give. You hear me say? So all those who tell us that the Lord say, make sure you say back up Bible. Because God is not going to say something in 2022 that contradicts what was written in this book. So as long as the revelation it don't make a difference how much bishop them be, how much apostle, and how much for the next one prophet, as long as it contradicts Bible and God says so. So God wants to see how much word is in our heart. Third one. God search our hearts for sin. Say it again. God search our hearts for sin. Yes. Not so that he can condemn us. As like we say, there's no condemnation. That's not God's plan. I'm not really I look for one chance to beat you up. He wants to cleanse us from our sins. So when he finds it in there, you know, you know, you know, I think his second Corinthians seven one, he says, Cleanse yourself from filthiness, filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit. There are some things that we hide on the inside that don't come out so fast. So you know you can't have bad mind when you see it so quick. You know, people beside you have bad mind and you don't even know. Don't look to your side, no, just keep looking. Person. People can have you up for something that you don't even know them vexed about. You, you, you said something generally and somebody walk away and say, I'm in the match at you And months pass and you wonder, I want me to do Because you realize that they are, look, look, look different in a whole, they might move. What is, what is inside? You know, they don't say, you know, see nothing. They don't see changes in a whole and relate to you. Then, then there's one, Pastor Omar said, this is the only sin that we boast about. Pride. It's in there some about. And sometimes, because you see, we preach all the while. Everybody preach about fornication and obia and them sitting there. So everybody, we can't see that. Everybody see when they come out of a place 3 o'clock in the morning. Them, them see them things there. That is, we, we see it. Man, I wonder where I go so early all the while. Them, them, we can't see that. Now they say, look for me, right? So, Anna, you may talk. <laughs> These are things that people can see. But there are some things on the inside that we don't pick up so easy. Because it's a hard thing. And for God to clean the heart, he has to put us in some situation for that pride thing to show up in head. No, it's not to condemn. Because sometimes, you don't know what they did. 
You think you're so nice and saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. That everything good. But when that somebody says something will rub you a little bit. And you want to give them peace of your mind. Then you know say, mm-hmm, I need to get checked. Because you're not supposed to want to give nobody peace of your mind. Mm-hmm. You see, look, look up here, so look up here, so you might, might, might get in trouble if you look to your left or your right. Look this way, look this way. So, God wants to find the sins that are in our hearts, right? He wants to find them so He can clean them up. So, when you get convicted, that's the theological word, right? When you realize, say, it in there. When you get convicted, it means you must repent and ask God for help. Amen. I remember. I remember because I am one of them people who would tell you, say, I'm cool, I'm humble, not no bother me and empty. Let me tell you. I remember in a meeting one time at a community development meeting, and somebody said something, and I snapped. I'm because I. Because I didn't know me could have stuff like that. We think me just a cool fellow. So I find myself the night. But she, she was rude. I can't defend myself, right? And I snapped. Because usually I ignore certain stuff. And I snapped. And I apologized. Because I usually don't. don't. But, but I, I was shocked. I find myself the night. Because usually I, I don't need that. But then I found out now that it is down there. That some things can be said. I get you over the line there. So I had to go do my own look check now to make sure say it not happen again. It not happen again. You know, prayer said fix, right? Because just in case, but it came out that night and I realized that I had to do some checks. Not true. The next one. God searches our heart to see how much love we have for him. So we can say it, right? I love God. I love the Lord. But that's what we say. Is it, is it coming from our hearts? The greatest freedom we will ever know is a result of our love and commitment to God. We follow what we love. If we truly love God and walk with him, he will lead us into an abundant and eternal life with him. That is why he gives the command you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Deuteronomy 6 verse 5. He searches our hearts to see that we love him. We're counting how much we've gone. Four. All right, so we are at number five. So this one ties with the great commandment, right? This one says, God is searching our heart to see how much love we have for people. A relationship with God is a very personal one, but it doesn't stop us. It doesn't stop with us loving ourselves, right? Or him, it also involves us loving people. It, that, that's hard, is it? It's hard to love people. <laughs> yeah, look this way. Yeah, look this way. I tell you, you're still looking up where so nobody will think say it's them you are talking about, right? I, I wonder sometimes because. I love you don't mean I have to go home with you. I love you don't mean we're going to have to go sit down and have drinks together. We don't have to be going out together. But, but I love you. And I love you means I'm not going to try to do anything to harm you. I'm not going to try to tarnish your reputation. I'm not going to go after your character. I'm not going to trouble you. We don't have to be buddies. Now I'm going to invite you to have a drink. Just that now you don't have no issues. I love you. 
And I think we, we, we try to cross those lines that we love you because we love you if we can be tight. You can't be tight with everybody. You can't be tight with everybody. But we are supposed to love everybody. So loving people means I mean no harm against you. And one of the things that we do wrong is the ear said, Brother Kevin said something about me. I'm in vex. Yeah, but I'm here. I'm have him off. No, 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 chat. No, 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 deal with him on there. Now, I've seen that at my school where fights broke. People get locked up for hearsay. And when we sit down with the two of them, not no go so. But we cause problems between friends over hearsay. That, that is not loving people. Now go come check you. What you say about me? Oh, you say something true? Now go talk. Have the conversation. We did, we did this at my school. It was a personal development. It's a conversation for greatness. It's a course by the J. I know what name? The bond over there, so JMMB Foundation. Conversations for greatness. Talk. Find out. And that's what we love. We can't sit down and make up a story. So one of the laws they give is, is facts versus interpretation. I, I hear so. Let me talk about it so we can understand. Say that when goes off it's true or it just me I make up one story in my head. You know how much relationships mess up because of stories in our head? Parents and children because of story. Husband and wife because of story. Brother and brother, sister and sister. We have so many issues because of story. And that's because we don't love people. I am not going to invite everybody to go buy a drink. No. But I have nothing against you personally. I might never call you and hear you and ask you all things up in your yard. But if we still don't have a conversation, I have no hard feeling. I mean, I don't have no time for them someday. And that's what God wants. Loving each other. That means we are looking out for the next person's best interest. You, you know, you know, say. I've got to pick from somebody where, where, me, where give me trouble all the while. So I'm not going to go for Okita, don't you? So if Okito passed down my house and then we can't find some mango me that watch on with the from mango tree. <laughs> and when Okito gone, me not see them. They go think say Okito teeth with mango. <laughs> but then if I say to brother Oki oh, brother always say Okito teeth mango in the brother, you know say just by how we process. Every time Okito go for brother oh yeah, they hide him on them. Or you cannot steal, you can see the mango tree. Because me telling him, say, the man thief. No, that's how we process. As long as you hear something bad about the brethren, you are going to have that in the back of your head. Every time you see him, you remember. That is us showing that we don't love people. So suppose the man never teeth the manga, breeze blow the mouth and strange to take them up. But because me never look before him leave, we think that him gone with the manga then. We don't, we, as long as we are making assumptions, it's showing that we don't genuinely love people. I say it again, you don't have to be buddies with people. That shouldn't change the fact that you love them and you want the best for them. And, and you, you, you're not supposed to feel no way if you tell people say you love them. I love you. And you interpret that how you interpret. I know what I mean. But we have that problem. And that is what God is checking our hearts for. And, and look for me now. Look for me now. And know a whole heap of people who go to church don't love. Look up here, sir. Look up here, sir. 
It's sad. But you see, you see, you see why the church don't have impact in the world? Church people don't love. No, I'm not put on nothing else funny. Church people don't love. Full stop. And God is checking our hearts to see, say, we love people. He's searching the heart. He wants to find. Remember, the two great commandments love God and love your neighbor as yourself. So that means, say, <laughs> church people might not love themselves neither. I could go on, I could go on. We have to love people. Amen? We have to love people. We can't say, the Bible said it's not true. How do you say you love God that you can't see, but you don't love the brethren that you can't see? Something not right, not true. Something not right. Next one. God is searching our heart for obedience. Obedience. Now I said earlier on that if you're opinionated, this is going to be very hard. First Samuel's First Samuel fifteen twenty-two says, Has the Lord has great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. In Psalms 51, verse 16, it says, For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a contrite heart. O God, these you do not despise. God wants to produce in us repentant hearts. Hearts that are grieved by sin, and willing to turn away from it. Hearts of obedience. Because obedience to God is evidence of our love for him. Jesus said, not true. If you love me, do what myself you do. Eh? The sacrifice provides a solution to sin legally. So remember Old Testament? Kill two pigeons, kill one goat, and recover sin. That's legally. Sacrifice. Obedience, though, brings healing relationally. So Jesus died and paid for our sins. Does that mean that we should not be obeying God and doing what he will say? No. No. We have to be obedient. And God is checking our hearts to find obedience. Next one. God search our hearts to, to guide it. God searches our hearts so that he can guard it. Right? God wants to partner with us to protect our hearts and minds from the things that don't belong there. So the hurt and the fear, the things that should not be there, God wants to help us to, to keep them out. More often than not, hurt hardens our heart. That's why we hear them say it all the while, hurt people, hurt people. Because it, it put up that bar, barricade, that, that wall, that so we are not going to make you come in there so you can't pass the spot there. Nobody can cross it. And so... You are gonna get hurt because you think say me want you go in there, so I mean I want you go in there, so and it just cause problem. Not true. Hurt people, hurt people. But God wants to, to, to heal our hearts. He wants to guard us from getting hurt, uh, so that we don't end up hurting others. Hurt that goes unattended has the has the potential to lead us into unhealthy choices and emotions. Trust, trust is affected once we get hurt. 
And if there's no healing from hurt, it means you're not going to trust again. So that's why you hear them say, all man a dog. You ever hear that before? Because one man does something wrong and every man gets catch after that. Yeah. If we don't get healed, we're going to have issues with our hearts. Amen? God searched the heart so he can bring healing. He searches the heart for fear so he can help us to conquer it. I got number seven, don't you? So we reach number eight. And we're wrapping up after that one. He searches our hearts for holiness. God searches our heart for holiness. Do you know the word or the term set apart? It's a phrase that God used to describe the distinction between the people who belong to him and those who don't. You are a set-apart people. So set-apart is as much a mentality as it is an action or a condition of the heart. When we live set-apart, we intentionally make choices that honor and protect our relationship with God. We learn to love what he loves, value what he values, and pursue what he pursues. The choices pull us further and further from the norms of the world and feed our desires for the ways of God. That's when we live set-apart lives. That, that is supposed to be distinctive. I, I like, I don't know about you, I like when somebody can come in our room and just sister me, I want Christian without me, Christian, praise the Lord in there, or I want one cross on my shirt. Or, you know, I like when somebody just pick up said, I'm only a believer. Me, 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 me smile every time somebody just say, you're Christian, not true. Me, me smile. Because something from what I'm doing, not saying anything, no preach, nothing, but in an atmosphere, somebody can just say, you're a believer, right? No, no, that says something to me. Like I said, I can't talk for you. But when you are able to be distinctive, when people can distinguish that you are not like everybody else in a circle, there is a mark on you. It shows that you are set apart. And, and can I tell you, that's what we are supposed to aspire for, that, that we demonstrate, we reflect God without singing praise the Lord, hallelujah, every time. I walk with the Bible and I will answer everybody. So oh, yeah, man, a church man. Our our behavior, our 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 personality must must represent God wherever we go. If if that don't work, it means something needs to be fixed up, don't something about there. And the fact that he's searching our hearts, remember we start? He knows our heart. He knows that all the bad stuff can come out there. He knows the good stuff can come out. He knows the heart. But he still checks. He still searches. But what he's searching for is what is going to cause us to be different from other people. Because if the heart is not changed, we're not changed. The change takes place on the inside. God wants to change us. He wants us to be ambassadors. And that must be where we are living from an inside-out perspective. Not like the Pharisees that were physically everything out the door. Or we must be living inside-out. And that has to be when our hearts have been transformed. Amen? Amen? God is searching our hearts. He's checking our hearts. He knows it and he knows when we are not being real. He wants us to be real. He wants us to be living from a truth position. Yesterday morning, in, in closing, in our main devotion, that the word loyal heart was, was, was brought out. You see, you can do the things that make you look like you're okay, like the Pharisees. But is, is your heart in it? And that's what, that's what God wants. We are living from a heart position. So we genuinely love people. We are genuinely 
humble people. We, these come from inside. You, you don't just show like you're humble because man, what's this generalship you depend? It must be from the heart. So he knows our heart. He wants to change and transform them to where he can now say, I know the man there. I know the sister in there. And he knows that we are real in everything we do and say. We're not putting on a, a show. We're not phony because God would have changed our hearts and make us whole, set apart people for him. Amen? I want to challenge us today that we allow him to change our hearts. Give that to him. Give him permission. Remember we said prayer and true. He's not going to force himself in there. So even with hurts and, and abuse that you suffered and don't want to get it out, allow him to come in and heal your heart. Allow him to come in and check and search and change your heart so that we can be better people. Amen? May I invite you to stand, please? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So there is a, there's a song, Sir Kevin, can you help me sing? Search me. The one there. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your people, Lord God. We, we, we believe that you chose those you wanted to hear this, this morning. Thank you for how you would have spoken through me. I pray that your word find good soil in the hearts of your people. That God will cause us to allow you, Lord God, to search our hearts. We, we understand, God, already that you know, you know our hearts. We, we can't fool you. We can't trick you. We deceive people, but there is no trickery where God is concerned. You know, you know the heart. May you change hearts today in the name of Jesus. May you produce loyal hearts, Lord God, among your people. Hearts, God, that will cause us to be genuinely trying to please you. With, with no uh, fuckhead, no, no, no showmanship, but truly, Lord God, want to please you, want to do that which you expect of us and even command of us that God we will live search our hearts search us individually God, even as a church God, search our hearts may we become the church who, 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 who love and, and who obey 
and God, the, the, the church who exudes humility, Father. May, may the word that we hear week after week, may it, Lord God, produce genuine change and transformation in our lives as you continue, Lord God, to work on our hearts. We, 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 we realize, God, over these past weeks, you've been talking to us about matters of the heart. We understand, God, that if the heart is not changed, that we are just, just, just going through the motions and practicing rituals. But God, with changed hearts, with transformed hearts, God, we can truly be a people who show that you are working in our lives. Oh, how our country would be better if, God, we had loyal hearts in our people. Oh, all things would be different if we loved each other. Lord God, we commit your people to you today. Spirit of the living God, change hearts, we pray. Change hearts, we pray. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.